Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. This is a mad story. When you think of Irish dancing, you think of, I don't know, the whole the innocence behind it and kids getting ready and getting up on stage. And a hand or three and a hand or three. And the fancy shoes and the gunas and all that. But the story today is about fixed fashion, allegations of cheating. The world of Irish dancing has been hit by a massive scandal. Ellen Coyne from the Irish Independent broke the story. She's on the line to give us the details. Hello, Ellen. Hi, guys. This is crazy. I mean, you'd never think of any of these kinds of allegations in the world of Irish dancing. It all seems so pure. Well, we certainly wouldn't. And I mean, up to a few days ago, I certainly wouldn't have. But um, I think people who are in the Irish dancing world have been explaining to me over the past day or so that actually it's significantly more cutthroat, a lot more Machiavellian and uh, way more calculated than people might have assumed for what the rest of us would have regarded to be a children's hobby. Right, and when did you first hear then that something wasn't the way, as Dermot put it, that we would have kind of perceived Irish dancing to be? So it's all very cloak and dagger, but I got um, a message late at night on Tuesday when I was actually already asleep, and it was an anonymous person sending me a wee transfer with a lot of documents. So I ended up spending the night on the story, uh, which is handy because a lot of these sources are American because this is a global story. And uh, basically what emerged was the fact that in July, somebody went to the CLRG, which is the biggest and oldest Irish dancing organisation in the world mm-hmm. and the most prestigious, and gave them this kind of dossier that had screenshots between Irish dancing teachers. There was one Irish dancing teacher who had 12 different individual co- uh, conversations with others, and in these texts, they were talking about basically looking after each other's students. So in one conversation, the, the teacher would be saying, can you look after so-and-so who's dancing tomorrow? She'll be wearing this number and this dress. I really need her to get a high mark. And then in another conversation, uh, the person sending the messages would be getting requests from people to look after their students as well. And in one case, from the evidence that we've seen, it is alleged that two teachers were actually even talking about exchanging sexual favours in in exchange for high marks. So while people who've been in the Irish dancing world, former stars of Riverdance, Lords of the Dance, former Irish dancing teachers, um, and obviously parents and former dancers themselves who've been speaking to us over the last couple of days have said that they've all always had suspicions. As far as we know, this is the first time that uh, allegations like this have had what appears to be fairly significant evidence behind them. And we know it's significant because the CLRD, that really famous Irish dancing organisation, has now said that it's asked a former Court of Appeal judge to lead an investigation into these all, all of these allegations. And the CLRD told me yesterday that they are taking the view that in terms of um, in terms of rules you can break, in terms of wrongs that you can do in the world of Irish dancing, this is really at the higher end of the scale. Right. And why would it be so important to the teachers that their you know particular students do so well? I mean, is it future career? Do they get a job with Riverdance that they get a cut of or like why is it so important or or is it simply just they want to see their students do well they want their dancing school to be seen to be doing well what's what of the what would the would a teacher have to gain it's a really good question because in the text messages you don't see anybody talking about handing over money but i've had it explained to me that basically if you had an irish dancing school and you had a number of people who kept winning world titles, All-Ireland titles, or some of the big competitions that they have in America or the UK, then you can basically earn, stand to earn a lot of money from that. You could make thousands alone, I understand, from going to other schools and teaching them um, choreography. And it's worth bearing
bearing in mind that over the last few years in particularly, the boom in Irish dancing has been phenomenal. There is so much money slushing around that industry and it's really incestuous. So a teacher who might run one of these big schools might also um, sell the costumes which can go for two and a half grand and then their costume company might sponsor a certain competition. So the way it was explained to me by former dancers is that certainly, like at a certain point in time, all of this power is consolidated around these small number of super schools and all of those teachers will look after each other and eventually become more powerful. And we've even heard stories from people, former Irish dancers, who said that if you are in one of these schools and you leave, you're basically told that you're done, that you'll never again get a world title. And it's very difficult to prove, but there certainly has been cases where people who were excellent, like top dancers, crossed the wrong teacher. And if any of their perceived friends or allies were at a competition, that dancer would never, ever ever win a prize. And it seems kind of maybe obvious now, given what we're learning, but like, would people then who are in either locations where these prestigious schools are, or maybe can't afford these prestigious schools, if they're more expensive, I don't know whether they are not than other ones, but would they have anecdotal evidence that oh well, sure we know when we go to a fest that we're not going to win because we're not one of these three or five or fifty or however many schools there are. Exactly. And people would even have stories of competing against someone who's from a super school, someone who, you know, it's it's alleged that their teacher is involved in fesh fixing. And they would have stories of somebody making a really obvious mistake, one that Irish dancers would instantly recognise as something that would get you disqualified and still managing to come second or third Mm. and I mean in the text that we were looking through we could see a conversation between two teachers where they were talking about one was begging the other you know please look after my student tomorrow Um, I need this and that and there was a row because apparently there was some excellent dancer that you know if they marked the excellent dancer down it would be too suspicious so they calculated to kind of create a 25 point gap between the teacher's student and her next closest competitor and when we went back and looked through the records for that competition the scores exactly Exactly matched what was agreed in text. Right. And someone else has texted us just to say that um, does this happen in any other kind of dancing? I mean, we all know there's there's kids ballroom dancing, and I'm sure there's other kind of dance competitions, hip hop, and all other types of dancing. Like, are we opening um, you know a, a Pandora's box to find that there's there's more going on here than just Irish dancing? Do you think? Well, it's interesting because there has been a lot about um, <clears throat> alleged cheating in chess and fishing and what people might regard as kind of niche sports, I suppose, over the last few days or a couple of weeks. But what's interesting in Irish dancing is that it's actually, it's quite some of the systems are quite archaic and some Irish dancers would argue quite um, ripe for cheating. So like for a long time, for example, you could never video at dances. So uh, that was, you know, for child protection reasons, but also to protect people's routines. So if somebody stopped at the start of her set, which would automatically be a zero, um, and then just kind of continued and managed to come like second or third, there wouldn't have been any evidence when people tried to complain. That is changing. And also the systems that they can use can be quite archaic or the way that the points um, can be submitted can also be open to, to exploitation as well. So there's a lot of ideas coming forward for how to kind of modernise um, and change Irish dancing to try to protect the integrity of it. But yeah, you're right. It's certainly not the only sport or niche sport at the moment that's subjected to allegations yeah. of serious cheating. Do we need to be mindful, Ellen, of all the Irish dancing teachers around the country who aren't associated with big schools and, you know, have nothing to do with any of this and are just like, you know, community members who have a passion for the for dance and, and want to share that with the, with the local children? Uh, and a story like this can affect them in a, in a negative way.
positive way and people's perception of Irish dancing. And, you know, it is a beautiful part of our culture. And God knows we're trying to hang on to, you know, these components of our culture and the people who are eager to promote it. And this could kind of damage that. Oh, definitely. And I mean, those teachers deserve the credit because they're the people who've been putting themselves on the line, coming forward, trying to help me to get this story together. And I have to say, in all my years in journalism, I have never worked on a story where so many people have been so, so obsessed with staying off the record. The fear people have of speaking out in this is unbelievable. And it is those teachers that are really upset. And it is parents who, you know, maybe always had a suspicion that something wasn't quite right and now are maybe having some of their worst suspicions confirmed. But it's also worth pointing out there's a lot of Irish dancers who have done very well, who have world titles, All-Ireland titles, who now maybe unfairly will have a kind of dark cloud hanging over that at the moment as the, the Irish dancing world tries to reckon with this alleged cheating scandal. Um, and that's definitely worth bearing in mind because there's been a lot of people within Irish dancing who've been trying to deal with this for a long, long, long time. But because they never had the proof, they found it very difficult when they went up against the powers that be uh, trying to ask mm. for it to change. Has, that, has anyone broken any laws? Not as far as we know. And I did ask the CLRG if they had made um, any reports to the Gardaí and unfortunately they didn't answer that question. But we can't... Um, just because they didn't, we can't presume anything at the mm, moment. So at yeah. the moment, as far as we know, no laws have been broken. And then just finally, before we go on, do we have any timeline on this investigation? Do we have any idea when we might get some clarity on the whole thing? No, we don't. We know that the allegations went to them in July. They only uh, clarified this week that they had appointed a former Court of Appeal judge. But it's also worth bearing in mind that while the CLRG had the names of these alleged these teachers who were alleged to have been involved in July, those teachers have since presided over some fairly major and some minor dance competitions. So parents are kind of asking, while this investigation is ongoing, um, while we kind of wait to find out how long it will take or when it will end, why are the people who are being investigated still allowed to adjudicate over their children's dancing, which is a fair question. Okay, Ellen Coyne from the Irish Independent, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mel. Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today.